Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. Happy to be back on here. I'm happy that you uh, got settled back in at home off the road, so should be a little bit easier podcast for you to record. It's the first time I've used my mic in two weeks, I believe. Like, I haven't even had it plugged up. I had to actually get it out of the trunk of the car. Like, I haven't even used it. But uh, I feel like this is only, like, our second episode. We've both sat here and recorded on Zoom since my honeymoon. It's There have not been many. No, that's, that's true. Uh, you're right. That last we did a mailbag episode, and I think that was kind of it, wasn't it? Which we're actually getting due for uh, another mailbag episode. But uh, we're to that point now, bridging the gap with off seasons. Like everything's kind of in an off season right now, where we're going to start doing some football position previews. And I know that's an idea that you had weeks ago to kind of bridge the gap between spring and fall. So today we're going to be spending time talking about Kentucky's quarterback situation. And we're going to go all the way through this roster position by position over the next couple of months. Uh, just uh, probably not going to do every episode can consistently like follow it like in a line or in a pattern, but we'll, we'll throw these in there throughout the week uh, when we're needing some content, Derek. But before we get into that, obviously this is powered by blue wire pods. It's also powered by the butcher's pub. Three locations, one in Palmville, one in Williamsburg, and one in London. You can visit thebutcherspub.com, where, as always, check them out on all three of those Facebook pages. But, Derek, let's go ahead and just jump right into this thing. Uh, we've, we've, seized, we've seen video of Will Levis. You and I, we've got up-close looks at Joey Gatewood. We know Bo Allen. Just what do you make of guess of this quarterback room and where it is to this point? Uh I mean, we still – we won't know a starter until we get into fall camp. We're not going to know one throughout the summer. We're not going to get one from the spring. Uh, just what do you make of it, I guess, overall? And do you see it being an area that's pretty strong for this team? Well, that's the million-dollar question uh, is how – one, who will win the job? And then, two, will that person be an upgrade for Kentucky's offense? You would look at the passing numbers from the last few years and say – it really can't get much worse <laughs> in terms of yardage per game. But I think the room as a whole is pretty intriguing. You have – sorry if you can hear that in the background. My cat, uh, Fern's making an appearance. But uh, you think about kind of the dynamics of each player. Bo Allen, homegrown kid from Lexington, set passing records at Lexington Catholic High School. He – Seemed, seemingly all through the past season and then even I think prior to spring ball starting is someone that I would have said would be the starting quarterback this season doesn't seem like that's going to be the case now and part of that is because Joey Gatewood has has really made some great strides all reports and this was never on the record from a coach saying this but pretty much anybody who who talked around and asked around the UK football program. I mean, Joey separated himself from Bo Allen this spring. So, you know, you're talking about a former top 50 recruit who started his career at a traditional SEC power in Auburn, decided to come here. But, you know, he came here probably with the intention of playing in a different offense, an offense at the time when he committed was commanded by Lynn Bowden and, and a running attack. Now, obviously, he knew he'd be coming in and throwing more than what Lynn Bowden did. But I think the idea was sort of the same that, he would be kind of a 
a guy who you know can still use his arms, but his his legs would be a big part of that. And now with this offense with Liam Cohen, you're not going to see that at all. So it's interesting to think of what his fit is. But it sounds like he has enough intangibles and enough you know to him that Cohen has been excited about him. But the real wild card is obviously Lee, um, Will Levis because he's the only quarterback that Liam Cohen has actually had a hand in, in recruiting to Kentucky once yeah. he hit the transfer portal in January. Um, that kid is intriguing in the sense that he has a huge arm. He's, you know, he saw the story a few weeks ago from Bruce Feldman. He's working with the quarterback mechanic guru of some sort, hoping to improve on his accuracy. But it's really interesting, Sean, to me that we're talking about a guy coming to Kentucky to, to, to be in a more pro style offense whenever he was actually kind of a lot like Joey Gatewood in a way that his main role at his old school is to run the ball. So uh, for his career, I was doing the research today for a, a story that I wrote. I mean, for his career, he's thrown for 644 yards and three touchdowns, and he's run for six touchdowns. So, you know, that was mainly his role at Penn State. He was the backup guy. He started one game uh, in his time at Penn State. But um, that's kind of how I see it shaping up. You have three dynamic storylines, I think. Um, and it'll be interesting to see which way it goes. Um and that's why, you know, that's what we'll be spending all fall talking about probably until a starter is named. And the thing that you want when it comes to it, regardless of who wins the job, is you want it to be a competitive thing. You don't want yeah. just one guy to come in and just kind of dominate and kind of just take it over. You, you want it to be competitive, I think, because then that means that you have some competition there in camp. And then you probably feel confident maybe beyond option one. You don't just want to have one guy and then option two be a significant drop off. So if it ends up being Levis, I think your hopes are that Gatewood and Allen both, if you need them at some point, could step in and provide it. I mean, we know the injuries happen, especially in that league. We've especially at Kentucky, we've seen it over and over again with the quarterback position. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing. If you you want depth, but you want it to be competitive depth at that position as well. But when you look at Levis, Derek, and you you look at the highlight tapes, he he looks the part with his arm strength and things and the things that they're wanting to do. He has that collegiate experience. Uh, Liam Cohen handpicked him to come in here. He, we weren't factoring him in, to even being a part of this. Uh, so I think that's why we pick him to kind of be the favorite going in. But then you mentioned Joey Gatewood winning the spring, and I think Joey Gatewood's going to be there to push Levis, which is what you want. You want somebody pushing. If you don't have that, then – you know that it's like kind of a one-hit wonder thing. If something happens, your program is going to significantly take a hit if it doesn't. Yeah, I think um, I think with Levis, it's – Cohen, I think, is a very big fan of what he could be. And I don't want to say it's his, like, pet project by any means, but I kind of get that sense that Liam Cohen thinks there is more within Will Levis than his career numbers have indicated. Because he's been pretty pedestrian, you know, based on – I mean, he's a backup quarterback. So, that's kind of the uh, the weird thing about this. If you read – you know, we had Cohen on here on our podcast, and also I would direct people to the story that Kyle Tucker wrote a few days ago on the state of the program, which is always very well done. And the quote – I'm not going to read the whole quote because it's a premium story, but he's more or less like the Cohen question is what will Levis look like whenever he has – an offense to himself that he doesn't have to worry about getting pulled at every single mistake. So I think when you talk about a ceiling for a quarterback, I feel comfortable saying that Cohen believes that that Will Levis by far 
has the highest ceiling of any of the guys on the roster. Bo Allen is interesting to me as a long-term prospect because his knock seems to be his physicality, which would be true. I mean, you look at Bo Allen compared to Joey Gatewood, who's six foot five and 220 pounds or so, and then Will Levis, who's I think around 6'3", 220 as well. You know, that's not Bo. Um, and But you think about Bo's potential down the road, but, Sean, we're talking about college football at a position that has always had a lot of transfers, uh, even way before the transfer portal or the one-time uh, transfer waiver was a, was even a thing. So will Bo stick around for two or three years to see how this thing shakes out? Like, I don't know. I don't want to speak for him. I just think around college football it's rare that that happens. So all those dynamics um, could happen, but, you know, They've not settled on anybody yet, I would say. So perhaps Bo stills a chance in these practices in the fall to come in and see what he can do. But um, we should probably mention the other two guys, too, in the room as of now. Nick Scalza, who had an interesting offseason because he went into the transfer portal for like a few days and then pulled his name out. and He hasn't left yet. Um, he's still on the roster as of now. And then Kaya Sharon, who was a Darren Henshaw quarterback commit, who – from what I've heard, has actually impressed Liam Cohen quite a bit. Uh, he's a six foot four, very very talented high school quarterback. He's from not far from where I grew up in Corbin. He plays he played over at Somerset. Um, he's someone that you just you know thought about how would he fit because he was a Henshaw guy, and then he actually gets to UK, and I think Cohen likes what he's what he's seen from him so far. So he is. Uh, Sean, it would take a catastrophe, I think, for for him to have to see the field this season. So I think he is well on his way to being a red shirt because, I mean, you're talking about at least three other guys ahead of him. Um, but, yeah, Sean, I just, just want to get your opinion overall. Whenever you do look at the quarterback room, do you, do you get the vibe that, that when the season starts and they're playing Louisiana Monroe that Will Levis is going to be the one that trots out there? That, that's, that's the vibe I get, yeah. I, I do. Um, and I was just about to ask you this: Do you do you see a path to where, if it is Levis, that Gatewood still has some packages, maybe in some short yarded situations where they still want to throw in some quarterback runs, some power runs, maybe some goal line plays, to where he still can make an impact? Because I mean, obviously, you have an athlete like that on your roster, you kind of don't want him to stand on the sidelines. Eric, I mean, if, if Will Levis is the quarterback, don't you still want to try to find ways to get Joey Gatewood some touches and maybe let him run the football some, is especially as strong and powerful as he is? Yeah, that's interesting because I think Levis excelled at that at Penn State. Like, that was one of his roles. So, yeah. I mean, if anything, maybe you don't want to have your starting quarterback taking as many hits potentially. But I kind of get – if outside of the, like, the New Orleans Saints who use Taysom Hill – in a way, like most – if you're talking about Cohen's background in the NFL where, you know, you pretty much ride with one quarterback every single play and all your packages are set around that. I, I think whoever wins this job, I think it's going to be their team, and I don't think it's going to be so much trying to work other guys in to keep them happy. I don't think Joey Gate would either way, if he was a backup quarterback, would be thrilled with just having a few packages here and there. No. What he did at Auburn, it's part of the reason why he left Auburn. As because you know he got beat out by a younger player, um, and he knew that he if he was going to go somewhere else to play or if he was going to play consistently, it would probably be somewhere else. Um, but I, I I don't know that I'll be curious to see what happens if you're Joey Gatewood. The one advantage you have over Will Levis is that you were here in the spring, yeah. And I know that Levis because of COVID was able to 
get on Zoom and still get on there and check out the meetings. But, you know, you still didn't have those physical reps. Now, will that matter? I don't know. Maybe maybe Liam Cohen will just say, you know what, we're only talking about 15 practices. I think the ceiling's way higher for Cohen. That's what we're going to go with. But I think Joey has at least put himself in a position that with a good fall, I think it's going to be a really hard choice for the staff to make. Um, and that's where you want to be. And, and ideally, you would be up enough on losing a Monroe, which didn't even win a game last season, that you can get both those guys. Whoever wins and whoever the backup is, you can get those guys some more reps and let them get in there and throw it around a little bit. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. One other question I wanted to ask you about this quarterback room, and I don't think we're necessarily beating a dead horse because I still think it's relevant. Just the fact that Kentucky's passing game was so bad last year and we still didn't see anything from Bo Allen and Joey Gatewood. Do you think Mark Stoops is kicking himself at all over that, or do you think he's okay with how everything played out? The, the way it played out, I mean, obviously you win a bowl game and stuff and you're in the game, you're in the season there with a winning streak. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's happy about that, but you and I talked about it late last year that it was kind of the perfect opportunity to give a look to both of those guys to see game game reps – how do they react? Because we're we're kind of going into this year with the same thing, right? We don't know a lot about either one of them. Yeah. And, you know, the staff doesn't either, and you kind of wasted a throwaway year to where you could have learned something about both of them. Now, in a sense, were they protecting Bo by not throwing him out there without having his body ready to, to play in the SEC? Probably so, because we know that that frame is not the biggest. So I think that played a part in it as well. And then, too, Terry Wilson was their best option. But you hate that they missed out on at least seeing those guys in some situations. I mean, I know Gatewood had the game there against Georgia and stuff, but it's still how much was he allowed to really do in that game? We we really don't know anything about these guys. But I, do you get the sense, though, that this is the best – maybe the best spot this room has been in in a while, just as far as options and depth – uh, skill set with guys that can throw the football in Bo Allen. We know le- what Levis can do. Do you think that this is the best it's been in a while? I mean, I know the year they went 10 and three, you after Terry Wilson, did you really feel good about anything else? Maybe, think, maybe from depth numbers is what I'm getting at. With I think Bo is the best freshman prospect they've gone after. I guess if that makes sense. Like, you had Terry and you had Gunnar Hoke. And then I think like Danny Clark was the was a third string guy that year. Like I like Bo's long term potential over a guy like Danny Clark. But I don't know. I think it's still too early to tell if it's really in better shape. I mean, on paper, I think people might tend to think that just because you're talking about guys who were at Penn State and then they were at Auburn and you automatically get some cloud, I think, whenever you sign with a school like that. Um Going back to that question I asked you, I actually don't necessarily think it was a huge loss not playing Bo more than it was. I think Gatewood was the one that you kind of missed out on the opportunity. I think had Bo – or, sorry, had Gatewood stayed the quarterback after the bye week and once they played Vanderbilt, 
I just think you would have known more about whether he would be the guy. You would have a better idea, I should say. I'm not saying if he went out there and, and whether he played great or he played bad, I, I don't know. I'll, and I almost feel like the reason they didn't do that is just because I think obviously Stoops knew he was going to go a different direction. Um, I think there were pros and cons to the decisions that they made. I think it, I think it probably hurt Gatewood's case. Well, I shouldn't say that hurt it. I mean, he might have gone in there and played and really struggled. And I think even Stoops recognized that whoever the quarterback was, they were not going to be in a great situation last year yeah. with that passing game. So not something I'm going to hammer the staff for. I just kind of think we all would have liked to have – because like you said, we're going in, Gatewood's going to be here his second year, and we don't really know what he's capable of. Um, but, no, I, I think people like to think that you have three guys that they could possibly win games with. But that's kind of the weird thing about all of them is none of those guys have played enough to know how good a shape the room is in. No. Oh. Uh, that's that's true. It's a good point. And it's crazy to think that we know nothing about any of them. <laughs> like, we don't know how this thing is going to go. You know the most about because he was on a Netflix TV show. It's like, which, <laughs> which then makes you kind of hesitant to really put what you think they can be, right? I mean, we know that on the outside, a lot of people think that they're going to be really good. I think in our minds we could see them having another really, really good year like they did three years ago. I mean, you, you could see a path to a nine-win season, but it kind of hinges and falls on what they do at quarterback. How good is the quarterback? You have you have weapons in Wondell Robinson, Josh Ali, which we will get into in other position previews. So you just need a guy that can consistently make plays back there, that can put you in, a, in situations, scenarios to be successful – and be an improvement from what you've had. Because if you can add that element to your offense, I mean, then you're talking like we we like what they are on the defensive side of the ball and all these other areas, that if you can just pencil that in as a consistent part of your offense, then I think this team's going to be very good. Would you agree, too, that whoever wins the job in the fall, it would have to be basically a disaster for them to lose the job? Because I, I think Stoops has been very loyal towards, yeah. like I think it's a real thing at UK that they try to have like the guy, yep. uh, being like the leader of that offense. I mean, they, Terry Wilson. I don't. We don't need to rehash everything. I mean, we we beat that to death last football season. Like, was Terry great? No. Was he put in the best spots? Also, no. So maybe he'll go to New Mexico and show more of the kind of player that he is. But at Kentucky, it wasn't great. So I think you're just looking for. I mean, they got to be better, right? I mean, they have to well, be. I just this, can't imagine they'll be worse this here's, year. Here's ball. my thing. This this has been a program that the face of the program hasn't been a quarterback. Never. <laughs> Never. I mean, Steven The most Johnson, it was was like, well, yeah, that's Steven. Yeah, go ahead. And, and Steve, he – the fans loved him, but it wasn't because of his talent. It was because of his grit and determination yeah. and his effort. This is – I think that they need the quarterback to be the face of the program and not just for a one-year stretch. I think it needs to be over the course of a two- to three-year run where you get a guy who's in there and he's one, he's in the top half of the league. Like, if they could get that with all these other pieces – I mean, you've had a Josh Allens. You've had the Benny Snells. But, man, they, they need a quarterback that is going to kind of just take the spotlight and get a lot of that attention because if you got that with the way that they recruited these other positions and the way that they've been successful in developing those other positions, that's when I think that – that's why I won't put a cap on how good Kentucky football can be. 
Because yeah. I don't think it's fair to put a cap on it when they've not even had a legit quarterback that can do the things that they want to do. I think that's a great point. When you talk about being the face of the program, I think of two examples. For a brief moment, probably Patrick Toll's post Mississippi State 2014, where he had a great game. Like I think for a minute, you could have seen that coming. And I don't think it's hyperbole to say that when Drew Barker was in high school about to sign, when he was doing the KSR like blog post talking about recruiting, whenever he got on campus and was on the Super Bowl commercials, like I think you could almost make an argument that that was as much of whenever he was the face of, of the program, uh, even whenever he played. I mean, because he got hurt so early when he was a starter. You're right. I mean, it's just been a it's hard to believe that a team that was branded as an air raid type offense whenever Mark Soups got here with Noel Brown has struggled so bad to produce any kind of quarterback. And in some ways, if you're Will Levis or Joey Gatewood or Bo Allen, it won't take much for you to look pretty good. No. I mean, you have a decent season. You know, if you throw for like 225, 250 yards a game, throw a couple touchdowns here and there, like people will be saying, man, this offense looks uh, way better. I got to throw the point. I got to the point that I might get excited about incomplete passes as long as they look good, you know, if the ball's flying down the field. But you you mentioned how it was an air raid program. It was an air raid program that eventually turned to the point that they took the air out of the football. <laughs> and But, you know, credit to them, though, that they weren't stubborn and stuck with it. They, they did what – like, they put together a recipe and a formula to be successful and to find a way to win. That's why I, I keep coming back to – I don't really know how good this program can be until we get all those pieces in there that we can see and get a real look at this. When you give Mark Stoops and this defense that they're, that they're building and that they've, they've established an offense that can put points up on you in a hurry, how good can this program be? Is it Does it take over one of those top two spots in the East consistently? Does it become on a top-half program in the SEC? I mean, obviously, we've seen them do it once. Uh, if they do it again, then I think you look at the Mark Stoops error even even more successful if they can find a way to get to double-digit wins a second time. Because obviously everybody outside the league thinks what? That was that was a one-year thing. You had a guy like Josh Allen. You had a guy like Benny Snell. Kentucky's not doing that again. We know those programs still think that. Those fan bases still think that. I still think there's a lot to play for. Yeah, I read a story from a Missouri writer not long ago, which was, that was actually a very good breakdown of Kentucky's roster, but that was kind of the same thing. It was like, how in the hell have we lost to Kentucky five out of six yeah. years, five, five years in a row, whatever that was. Or is it six years? It might have been – it was a six-year losing streak. No, it was five-year, uh, 15 through 19. But, yeah, that was kind of the point of that story. Um, I try to get that writer on, actually, uh, when we do our Missouri Pretty preview. Good. I thought he had yeah. a very good breakdown. Um that is not easy to do to write very in depth about other schools um, just because things happen. But and, and no, I mean, I guess closing thoughts, Sean, it's going to be something that we're going to beat to death. Everybody is. It's just, that's how, I mean, it's the first time it's been a true quarterback competition since 2018. Yep. I mean, every other year, you know, Terry was going to be the starter. But what does that do for you though? I mean, if you have somebody there that's pushing you, then both get better, right? You would think. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what you hope for, or all three get better. So I think that's the biggest plus to this right now. I think you – and we don't know how Mark Stoops is going to announce this. Does he announce it going into game week? Mm, I don't know. Uh, you would think that we're going to get to see some scrimmaging done this fall, maybe us getting there for some practices and things like that to where we can get a look at this. I mean, Levis seems like a guy who's very easy to fall in love with. with yeah. His 
and a practice guy. And he's working but, too, from what we see. I mean, he's yeah. put in the work. I mean, but you think about no matter who the quarterback is, I'm not holding this against Levis. It's going to be no matter who it is. Like Levis and Gate would have played some, but just not enough to where, you know, how do they handle four or five straight games where they're their guy and they're having to go through reads and they're facing better competition here and there? I mean, I think. I really do think it's by far the most important position that we're talking about. You, you can make arguments for other spots, but if you don't have a quarterback that gives you a chance, I, this team's, I think, ceiling goes from well, potentially nine wins to down to, you know, around seven or so. I, I agree with you. Like, this is the position where it could swing it multiple wins. You can you can kind of manage other, other positions maybe underperforming, but if this one underperforms, you're taking a hit in the win-loss column for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think I think I'm just going to give it the benefit of the doubt that it's going to be improved. I think uh, better it would mechanic, be done if it's not. I mean, it, it couldn't be exactly. <laughs> and then just uh, too, like you mentioned, it, it's not just about throwing the football. It's about making those reads that you're talking about. It might not be the guy that has the best arm when it's all said. Then it might be the guy that can fit the ball into to certain spaces and it can make the best read. And uh, that's why it's not just about dropping back and passing the ball. You've got to have it all. And uh, we know the way that Kentucky's played offense in the past. Uh, we know that they're going to hand the ball to Chris Rodriguez and those other backs. They're going to get behind that offensive line, and they're going to try. I, I think they're going to mix it a lot better than they have at any point, Derek. I think Wondell Robinson, all those guys are going to get involved. They they have weapons. Now it's just about finding the guy that can get the ball to those guys. And yeah, I, mean, I can't wait to really see. like. It's, it's, it's going to be exciting for sure. It, it can't be worse is what I'm saying. I just – I'm going to go out on a limb and say it won't be worse. If it is, holy crap. Yeah. Because uh, that was bad. Yeah, it was. I don't know how we'll do this in order. I'm kind of thinking here, like, maybe the most intriguing is the way we'll do this. And I don't know, if, like like Sean said, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, every other day when we record or what. We might just decide one day, hey, man, let's talk about the let's talk about the secondary today. Let's talk about the wide receivers. Um, but that's going to be a way that we get through the summer. I don't think anything else really happened today, Sean, that would be worth – am I forgetting anything? I don't think – Very so. quiet, UK land, uh, and, which is to be expected on June 9th. Yeah, and then I'm sure with mailbags and stuff coming up, we'll get into all the basketball offers, football offers. Uh, does Kentucky land a transfer within the SEC and football? We'll, we'll get into all yeah. that. Uh, obviously, there there's some news there, but we're going to – we're going to keep it consistent with the previews. We'll make sure we go through the entire roster. We'll probably talk about every single guy on the roster at some point yeah. uh, this summer, and we'll we'll make sure we spread these out. That way we don't just run through them, Derek. We'll go the course and into July and things like that, and we'll make sure that we're uh, covering the roster. We'll talk about individuals. We'll talk about groups, uh, the defense, offense overall, all that. But you have anything else you want to add before we wrap this thing up? No, just that, I mean, that's going to be – I hope we don't sound redundant, but that's – you know, when you talk about the quarterback until we get in the fall, it's going to be a lot of the same stuff anytime it's brought up. But uh, it's a fun thing to talk about. It's it's what dominates, you know, every offseason. Anytime you have a quarterback controversy – I wouldn't call it controversy – a quarterback competition, it's going to be the most wildly discussed thing on the whole football team. So we'll probably be back around talking about it again before fall camp actually starts. But uh, hopefully, hopefully, like SEC media days, I doubt he will. But like maybe Stoops will shed some more light on the situation, things like that, give us something fresh to talk about. But no, Sean, that's about it for me. And I and I do agree with you that whoever gets it is riding it out to the end. 
I don't think you're going to have – when you're breaking in a new offense, too, I think you want a guy to get comfortable, right? You don't want to just mix it and plug and pull and yanking guys in and out. I think whoever wins the job gets a long leash with it. Yeah. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, that's kind of the weird thing about – unfortunately for the loser of the battle between Gatewood and Levis, it'll be kind of how their career is just gone. Where, you know, no matter where you go, you end up second string. Yeah, and one of them, and both transferred into the program. So both transferred in thinking what? They're the guy. Start. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, but that that's just that's it. Um, uh, but we'll be we'll be sure to get to all of that. We'll I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about the quarterbacks as we move throughout the summer. I mean, every time we talk about the offense, we're probably going to mention something to do with the quarterbacks, but they're getting a normal offseason over there. They're getting to work. And I, th- I think that's going to be a big deal for the program, not just football, basketball, all the programs at UK. But we'll be sure to jump right into another one uh, whenever that day comes. But what, what are you thinking of mailbag? You want to do one? You want to do just an all UK athletics mailbag to end the week on Friday? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Okay, so just go ahead. If you're listening to this episode, be sure to submit your questions. I think we have some that were submitted, but we've not done a mailbag uh, since the last one. So just be sure to remind me. And uh, send them via DM, Twitter, wherever. I'll, I'll put up a tweet later today or on Thursday so you can submit all your questions. But this has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time.